Why are you coming home in this nine house. in the morn? I am Ritter. I'm Mike. In this house. In, in this, this house? house? The house? In this house. Um yeah, we are talking about the new indie horror movie. Skinny a twink. <laughs> Skinny me and then wink. Should, should uh, we just go off the bat? This was a Skinamarink. The movie's called Skinamarink. <laughs> micro budget. Um, oh yeah, fifteen thousand uh, dollars was the budget. For understandable. The, uh, I yeah. think fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. That I, is nothing. I yeah. I think that that was all just the royalty uh, free stuff <laughs> that they bought. Yeah. Uh, the royalty free like footage that they bought. I'm not sure. It wasn't royalty free. It was actually public domain, so yeah. they didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. yeah but like um. Probably some of the sounds, and I, I'm not 100% sure if all of the visuals were that, filmed by Kyle Edward Ball. That, I think some of those are just, like, uh, footage you can find from, like, uh, a stock photo- uh, like a stock repository. That, that 15000 was for uh, camera equipment and lighting. Yeah. Yeah. 15000 Canadian. My oh, apologies. Canadian. Canadian. So that means it's even less USD. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> because did we uh, did we surpass the Canadian dollar? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, boy. So. <laughs> we did it, America. We did it. Yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs> oh my God! In U.S. dollar, that's only eleven grand. Oh damn. So, um, this movie, I physically could not drink water during the movie. <laughs> you you heard of shoestring budget? Get ready for micro. Uh, shoestring budget. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what it's called. <laughs> you, Kevin you, and I met eyes as soon as you like, said micro, and we're like, "What the fuck is he even gonna think, say?" You guys think this is a shoestring budget? This is more like a my penis budget because it's tiny. Hey. <laughs> um. Talking uh, about a shoestring budget, more like I don't have shoestrings because that's expensive. My shoes don't have laces on them. <laughs> um, should we uh, go into beginning thoughts? Just if we liked or disliked the movie. Um, well, I think we need to go into slightly more detail. What's this movie about, Mike? Uh, this. Well, that's the thing, right? That's the whole point of the movie is you're trying to figure out what it's about. No, I feel like you're kind of introduced to it pretty quick. I mean, well, it's a piecemeal to you. Yeah, I'll just say, like, the whole point is trying to figure, like, trying to form your own opinions on, like, what you think happened. What does the what does the DVD summary say? I have no idea. You mean the Skin- VHS summary? <laughs> <laughs> skinny, sk- skinny marink, skinny marink is about uh, two boys who wake up in the middle. The, the, uh, brother, sister. Or, no, 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 sorry, brother, sister. You're right. Is about two kids that wake up in the middle of the night and they can't find their dad. And suddenly all the windows and doors leading out of the house uh, no longer exist. 
And so they lock up in the living room. Yeah. And then just make camp and watch uh, public domain cartoons. And do what they can as terror ensues. It's an incredibly dark movie. Um... As if it was recorded on VHS. Yes. Now, do we think it actually was? I don't think it was. It was a filter that he that's, used. That's what uh, I was... Because the... then you won't have as much control. Yeah. Yeah. Cause... So he put a... He, it was a filter that he used. Well, c- but you can take like digitally filmed stuff and then you can... I mean, this would be such an ass process, but then you can transfer it to VHS tapes. <laughs> and yes. then you can take the VHS copy and then re-record it. And then, twice? You got to re-record it twice to, so, to really yeah, get the effect. Because, I mean, you could get a full picture, put it on a VHS, yeah. then put it in, and then just record ba- off the VHS, and then you get the VHS quality. Yeah, from what I've learned in like photography and shit is that you want to just like photo something... And like its highest fidelity, because then you'll have more room to downscale it. Because you can't make up new pixels; you have to take pixels away. Unless you're, unless you're AI, because we can do that now. Or unless you're, um, oh fuck, he did Inception, Christopher Nolan, Nolan? who only does film. Yeah, doesn't uh Steven Spielberg also still only do film? I don't know if he does only because like, uh, uh. Polar Express is like a CGI movie. Yeah. Mm. Okay, fair. Uh, all I know is that Christopher Nolan exclusively does like film recording. Tarantino still. probably does too. That wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the guy would fuck a reel of film if he could. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's I'll a filter on the movie. I kind of wish they did actual VHS recording. That would be cool. I uh, feel like that'd be so much more work. I mean, like, yeah, when this movie comes out on home video, it's probably going to be in VHS. Yeah. It's going to look even worse. <laughs> so, yeah. The, also, so, like, the kind of selling point in this movie also is that um, uh, it, in an endearing way, this movie looks like shit. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. it's meant to. You yeah. can't fucking see anything. Uh, the camera is pointing at a corner of a room, and whenever at, people are talking... At people's feet... Uh, I'll use people a, are talking to. I'm yeah. gonna <laughs> use the buzzword. No, no, they do that, movie. or they're. Hey, did you see them? <laughs> like they're whispering from across the room, but yeah. that through a tin can, yeah. But the thing is that it, it is, builds more into the like. It is 100 percent mm-hmm. all atmosphere and tone, which is like so because like we all. Saw the trailer minus Mike, who we kept trying to show the trailer to, but he kept not getting it. Um, Which yeah. is great, because then... <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, like, the... When the, completely blind. The tone of the trailer is what, like, got us in in the first place, and we were like, yeah, we'll see this Ke- movie. Kevin's like, hey, have you seen this? We watched the trailer, and I went, uh, we're buying our tickets now, right? <laughs> <laughs> this was definitely your guys' movie. Oh, dude. I... Okay. It, some of the IMDb <laughs> reviews have been pretty funny of mm-hmm. like, what are all your ner- nerds crying about? It's a camera pointed at a corner for a hundred minutes. Yeah. Um, but this is the only movie that has legitimately scared me in like 15 years. It's it had the opposite for me. Really? 
Yeah, I don't get scared when my, I don't get scared of my mind stuff. I get scared of visuals and like things that pop out and like try to actually like physically. like those jump scares. And yeah, jump like scares and, and like shit. seeing monsters and seeing gore and stuff. That's the stuff that scares me. My brain, my imagination doesn't scare me at all. <laughs> and that's what this movie is. Yeah, because in the darkness he sees big titty goth women. <laughs> yeah, because Kevin was saying that like this movie kind of makes you work for your horror. In the sense that a lot of the horror comes from your own mind. Yeah. And, and like, I think it all, it, I would argue it also comes from what it insinuates is in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other aspect. And I feel like this film does a really good job of being told from the perspective of a kid, of kids trapped in a house. Mm-hmm. It is, kids are dumb they're not dumb but they just don't know what to do they also have like kind of just a very active imagination yeah Mm -hmm. um so they are afraid of like things in the closet under the bed um this is very much uh, it's like the 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 monster is your paralysis demon Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but there's legitimately no way out mm -hmm. and Uh, it's and it's like the entire movie is very dreamlike it's surreal. It cuts yeah. to different scenes. Uh, the camera is flipped upside down. Um, Sometimes the like timeline of events doesn't quite line up to how you would expect it to be. Yeah. And again, all of this serves to build the atmosphere and the tone, but I think it also serves to build the story as well. Like The scariest part for me of this movie was the sister. Just anytime Kaylee was talking? No, just that one. No, the one, the the scene with the sister. Yeah, oh, she's just sitting. That in was bed. the that was the one scene that got me. Well, we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. but it, and I think something interesting about the story is it also opens it. The story is opened up to interpretation a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, like, at the beginning you're introduced to some like seemingly random like movements and noises and stuff like that. I interpreted it as an abusive father. Cause like, it's pretty clear in the story that like the mom and dad are divorced. Well, they're together at the beginning. I thought that no, you don't think so. They're not because they're both still living in the same house. No, they're not. Uh, you don't see the mom at all. Or you, see, yeah, you, do. you see Terrifying. you see the mom once starts shit starts happening. Mm-hmm. But is that really the mom? Who knows? Uh I the mom the way I saw it, the mom was not living in the house. Because who was the dad calling about the kid who got hurt? Well, that's the thing that's up to interpretation. It could have been the grandmother, could so have been someone I else. think I think the parents are divorced. Uh the dad is like I think that I don't think the dad is obnoxiously abusive, but slightly so because like you see one scene where like the kid goes up, leaves his room, but then you hear like quick, you, you see the dad's door open up and quick footsteps and then like the door, another door slams shut and you hear screaming and then it stops. Mm-hmm. Now the dad says, Oh, he was sleepwalking and fell down the stairs. And he got he he got a cut on cut on his head, but didn't even need stitches. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then at another part, Kaylee's Kaylee's like, I don't want to talk about mom. And during one instance, they're like, why is mom crying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like that's, that's where mm. I'm kind of getting it from. Okay. But again, like you, like, like we just demonstrated, yeah, it's, it's, up, it's to up to interpretation. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's inspired by the kind of like universal childhood dream that you have that you just kind of like remember feeling a sense of dread because like we don't remember um specific things about our dreams like a lot of the time but yeah. like when we wake up we have a lingering feeling of what happened yeah um so it uh, it takes a little bit from that and also just kind of like weird shit that happens in your dreams when you're a child um because like you know when when you're that young the the world only goes as far as like your yard and like you don't know anything else out there so mm. in order to you you get like a bit claustrophobic whenever you have a nightmare as a kid and so the only things you know is just like the inside of your house and what's in the darkness yeah and like and since dreams are just what our brain is doing to like consolidate information and like kind of just like make shit up, yeah, um, takes your memories and just builds an AI generated picture out of it. Uh, that's kind of like is what is going on in this movie, because um, like you mentioned before about what I said is that you're working during this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're putting in work uh, in the darkness and in the fucking just static um shit that's going on yeah. on screen your brain also tries to see patterns uh it tries to see faces um in the darkness and funny it, funny story about that and it tries my, to just damn you guys are getting way more out of this movie i was like funny story about uh, that my wife actually at the beginning because there's like a blurry outline of a face that happens later in the movie um but my wife's like, oh, it was the same face from the beginning, right? And we're like, what face at the beginning? <laughs> oh, that that one that shows where, like, there wasn't a face there. And she's like, did I just see things? <laughs> and that was just a perfect example yeah. of that, like... I'm a, so jealous of you guys. Ju- I a, didn't get this. It's a it's a 100-minute Rorschach test. Yes. So, Which is what I said, like, after we okay. left the movie. And it, uh, it hit me because this movie is tense... And it has that dread hmm. almost from minute one. Like, uh, maybe not minute one, but like... From, one... The, from the kind of get-go, you're just kind of struck with confusion. Like, what the fuck am I watching? You're uh, you're uneasy from minute one. But then, like, once stuff starts popping off, I literally... My throat was so... When I said I couldn't drink water, my throat was so tense when I tried to drink water. I was doing those super mm. hard, like... Like, from cartoons, because, like, I... I had to force it down my throat. It wouldn't go down. You know what this reminds me of? Um, so, Skinamarink, if you're ever able to own it on VHS, is <laughs> such a good, like, prop to... <laughs> to put, play in the background to play in for the background. a house. Yeah, So and it's, like, it, it's the fucking ring video. Oh, my God, Because, like, is. the video in the ring is just weird. It's just a, a person walking next to a well. Or disgusting imagery and yeah. stuff. And, and and like the the angles are fucked up and like you can't see anything and the the sound is disturbing, 
This movie, like, for it being, like, silent 90% of the time, whenever it has sound, it plays fucking loud. Yeah. It's mixed and played loud. And, again, that just adds into the, like, uncomfortableness you get while watching it. Yeah. And uh, anything, any bad stuff that happens is not shown to you. Which is, like... Except for one part, but, again, that's more in the spoiler territory. Yeah, so, like we said before, this movie is just uh, a camera pointing at a corner or, like, flipped upside down or staring at a wall. Um... And it does that for like a hundred minutes, and yeah. it's like kind of just like this is kind of like one of the most original things I've ever seen in a movie. Um, but like on the back of my mind, that's super analytical and like understands how movies are made. I'm like, this is just like footage Kyle Edward <laughs> Ball bought of like camera pointing at TV, camera pointing at living room, flipped, edited, and then. The, the 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 thing that took me out a lot was just the sound effects yeah. because like all of the footsteps sound <laughs> exactly the same yeah. <laughs> even if it's like kaylee's walking on carpet and her feet are supposed to just slide over it yeah soft like over soft carpet it's fucking just grass crunching yeah I i'm was... like that's th- that doesn't match I yeah. is that but, intentional or is that just I think, cheap <laughs> i think that's intentional because you got to think of it in the fact that like think think yourself as a kid again because again this is based off that dream mm-hmm. and like things are more exaggerated in dreams in general yeah weird shit happens yeah. but not only that but this is a house that is in dead silent except for the tv yeah any noise that happens comes from the kids or from the entity yeah and mm-hmm. like I feel like the argument can't be made that because of how silent things are, even something that's normally quiet, like stepping on carpet is going to sound super loud because Mm. of the emotional like state the kids are in and we're in and also like just how silent we are. Mm -hmm. So I think that was intentional or maybe it was a little of both. (laughs) It could have been a little of both. Yeah. Cause like, the, the the way the the reason I also say a lot of it could be just like uh, stock footage that uh, Kyle Ball like bought is that you don't see anyone talk on screen like explicitly you don't see people's mouths move you see people the back of people's heads and you hear dialogue piped in mm-hmm. and I'm like this movie is made uh in the editing software like yeah. this movie was at ed- this uh. uh this thing that I'm watching is edited together to look like a movie, which so, is like interesting, especially for something that's like um, a wide released feature film. It's a series of clips that someone edited dialogue into and created arcs and characterization to mm-hmm. strictly through editing. Although I don't know how much he actually like recorded himself um, or if like he told the kids to or, or like acting directions he gave to the kids. Yeah. Or the kids told to do anything. Um, well, luckily just... for this movie, you can't say the child acting was bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like this movie, uh, it, it's like completely manufactured through editing. <laughs> yeah. Because like you, less, could, yeah. you could place any clip of those mo- uh, clip of this movie and put it in any order and it still functions the same way. 
assuming you kept the audio exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been staring at a wall and like listening to an entire conversation that two people are having. Like that's the kind of movie this was. Yeah. So Mike, you said this movie didn't capture you like it did us. Not at all. Like I said, the only times it got me was when it actually showed something. Okay. I I I did appreciate the cartoons actually. <laughs> Not only because I just am a fan of cartoons, is also because they they almost g- gave you the the basically what's they almost gave you a bookmark for the story yeah. because the cartoons ended up lining up with what's happening. Right. Like the events that are currently happening or the events that are going to be following up right. this exact moment. So like that and then it's also kind of like the beat of the movie. Um, it's how you can like kind of separate what's going on. Yeah. Wh- whenever so, you heard that rings, that that uh, uh, bells sound, I guess the chimes. Oh, from the, I thought like, though that was really interesting. Yeah, and how they played with uh, the editing there um, with those parts of objects. I I did think it was interesting how like they would show you a wall. And in order to indicate that a door used to be there, it'd be like, (laughs) and then disappear. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do love this. (laughs) So (laughs) something I noticed, like, where'd the window go? And it's just blinds that they screwed into the basement wall (laughs) and took footage of. And then, like, the back, like, glass door for, like, the backyard when they opened up the blinds, they just edited in a section of blank wall over it. Mm. Um, but it was like, oh man, that's good. And then at one point where it's still kind of scary, but at the same time, it was like, oh, come on. Like, why do you have to do that? The toilet disappeared. Yeah, the toilet was, the <laughs> so, toilet was funny. Uh, so they fucking put a bucket <laughs> yeah! a, and a mop. Yeah. Oh, that uh, was good. That was good. I like that part. It was just like, oh, come on. At least leave him a toilet. <laughs> come on. Um, that was brutal. Uh, but other than that, like, I looked at my phone because I was like, okay, we're s- uh, it is 7.39 p.m. We're an hour in this movie, and things have finally started to happen. Mm. That's this, how that's how I felt, unfortunately. This movie, uh, yeah, went at, like, kind of a glacial pace. And like, kind of just, just like my final verdict of it is that I actually don't like it as much as you, Ritter. Really? Yeah. No, I think it did. I feel like this doesn't need to be a feature film, and that this is like an incredibly good short thirty-minute film. So I have read online that people thought that the YouTube short he did was more effective mm. because he did a YouTube video of this. It that his like development into making this a feature film was kind of similar to do you guys remember lights out i was gonna mention lights out so lights out is just a short um and the premise is that a monster only only... comes when the light is out yeah so oh that's pretty cool yeah so the lights are on and there's nothing in the hallway and then you turn it off and you see a silhouette and every time you flip it on and off the silhouette gets closer and closer but it physically does not exist in the light and it was a short made by the filmmaker, the director, and his wife just at his house. Yeah. And uh, production company saw, and they're like, hey, we want to do a full feature-length film of this. Feature-length film is decent, but again, like compared, but compared to the YouTube video, the YouTube video was more effective, in my opinion. 
because it was like bogged down by like characters and actors that exactly. have the potential to fuck it up by like acting stupid right. or like you don't like them or something but like that you have the the bare essence in the short of like just what the dread and what the source of the dread I, is i and was watching a review about this and a lot of people were like it gives that same sense like the blair witch trial or whatever that's what a lot of people have been it's the last shot of blair witch project uh, stretched 100 minutes and like i understand um by stretching it out for so long it intensifies your feeling but like 30 minutes in i'm like i get it yeah I know what this movie is doing and like you're trying to yeah you're getting trying to make me feel this dread and I'm feeling this dread. What's the point of like it continuing? I feel like at I I feel like during the last like 15 20 minutes they had they had the Lord of the Rings issue where they had like six endings. <laughs> <laughs> there were like six points where you could have I would have felt 100% satisfied if they ended it. Uh but it kept going. <laughs> it kept going. And like, I told my wife on the, our way home, I'm like, you know, near the end, I thought about looking at my phone, not because, oh man, how much longer we have. It was more of like, oh God, how much longer do I have to be this fucking tense? <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> Release me. <laughs> um, Yeah. Maybe because I'm not a big horror buff to begin with. So I don't have like things to pull from to like really make me make my brain go on like, super like fear mode and it try to imagine what i'm trying to see i get i because my it's hard to say because like i didn't have a lot of fear for i no i did do that a couple of times i don't know like the part where like go to look under the bed i literally went oh god it's gonna be under there <laughs> don't look it's gonna be there and i look and nothing's there and i'm like there's nothing there oh god what's gonna be there when they get back up and it's like ah I was dying, but this kind of goes back to, I think, the most generalized argument made for art ever. Everyone's a critic. Everyone mm -hmm. has their own opinions. Right. Mm -hmm. I, every There are a hundred people, and you can have a hundred different ways that people interpret and absorb the information and the, and the story. So, like, even on our own podcast... We've had quite a few movies where, like, two, two, one of us absolutely fucking love mm -hmm. it. The rest hate it. Right. Vice versa. Doesn't yeah. matter. Because I will say, I did feel tension when he was, like, when they wanted, when they were going to check under the bed. But when there was nothing there, and then they got back up, and then there was still nothing going on, my torment turned into disappointment. And then I was kind of like, oh. And then that lingered for the rest of the film or like things like that would happen to me yeah. and it would make my worry less and less and less and less mm. because I was like, nothing's happening and they keep saying that something's going to happen and still nothing happens. I, I will make the argument that some of the times that nothing happens, it works to build up the tension more mm -hmm. because with most horror movies, when the jump scare, when the thing happens, it is releasing that spring in right. you. And, and I it, was waiting and for it. And it gives you a breath. But in this movie, never it's gave it. just like you put a trampoline spring under a hydraulic press and you're just going, er, 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 <laughs> more my, and more and more. 
My, so just yeah. like when is this thing going to happen? Because mine is like four, and then I'm out of the movie. Yeah. You can you can you can tune me up four times, and then I'm out. Like I'm not scared after four. Uh huh. I'm like oh. And then, like, the fifth one can happen, I'd be like, ah, it's already ruined for me. If it doesn't capture a certain feeling in you, um, because, like, what the movie is doing is just, like, trying to give you a, a certain feeling and then try to hold that in place. Yeah. If I, it's not holding it in place and you're, like, just, like, if you now kind of just, like, woken up and you're, like, nothing oh. is literally happening. Yeah. Then I, then you're going to have, like, like find issue and watching this And unfortunately, that's what it was for me. I will say I am happy and surprised that this does not have the crimes of the f- crimes against the future Crime, uh, crimes of the future crimes of the future See, i situation. feel like i would be mortified no one, of that movie where no one walked out yeah yeah i was i was i was like okay because even i objectively even though i like the movie i'm like okay normally people would have walked out by now yeah but not a single person walked out of our showing and yeah. it's not like it was just us i think what it was like kind of 20 a, people total there was yeah, a handful of people yeah and yeah. it was like kind of a, a diverse group of like in the fourth row is just like kind of like some old guys yeah, yeah. um and then like there are some young girls and like they came out of the movie going like i'm never going to sleep again <laughs> yeah so i will say i was very happy that that happened Meanwhile, when Kevin and I went to see Crimes of the Future, it was just us and another couple. And literally before the movie started, I went, okay, I'm starting the clock. How long until they walk out? <laughs> and then 30 minutes later, they fucking dip. And it, we're like, hey, there it is. is. It, it's, it's, I was more tense in Parasite, for sure, than this movie. I was... There was more tense scenes in Parasite. Okay, now I feel like we're going to have to do an episode of Crimes of the Future just so we could force I, Mike and to watch it. God, I really don't want to watch Crime of the Future. I, I know I'll be scared of that I movie. I don't know if I want to watch Crimes of the Future. That was, I mean, short review of Crimes of the Future. Huh. That was an interesting, weird movie. I never want to watch it again. Just when not, it's, just not when it's because out, it's, it, you guys pull the, it back and in. And that's my verdict of Skinamarink. Huh. <laughs> that's the most original thing I've ever seen. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> I I will yeah. I will say I lo- I did love the movie. I don't again, I don't think I'm going to own it. And we'll I get it we'll get it I for you for VHS. Think, I don't think I'll like Dude, if it has a VHS release then yes, well, I will. Well, we'll buy ask it. Kyle. We'll say, I, "Hey, send us like a digital dude, version so we can download it onto or okay. we can transfer it over to a First, VHS." If we even get to speak to him, but if we do, and he has a VHS copy of that fucking movie, you bet your ass I'm going to own it. <laughs> but this is a movie I think you get the most out of it in a theater. Mm-hmm. And you get the most out of it in a theater as long as everyone else there is respecting the movie. And, like, yeah, they're cooperating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say its home release will get more benefit from people who are streaming it to their laptops when they're sitting in their house with their headphones on. Yeah. Um, however, I, I do want to kind of get into spoiler a little bit because I want to talk about what I think the final story is. Okay. Then let's do final verdicts right now for those who are still interested in seeing this. I think if you're going to watch skin and Marink, it is not something that you can just be like, I'm bored, let's go watch this, I guess. (laughs) I think you need to go see it with the intention of, I am going to see Skinamarink. Mm -hmm. Uh, I liked it, but 
along with my opinion of Death Stranding, I 100% see why people wouldn't like it. <laughs> I, I, I am in the same boat with you love, for, for I Death love, Stranding, I man. love Death Stranding. Dude, I love Death Stranding I too, every, but I totally get it. <laughs> I love the horror, which is giving Hideo Kojima no barriers to make a video game <laughs> but i also understand it's uh, a mailman simulator it is a yeah man. <laughs> it is i i love the i love the beauty of having no barriers to hideo kojima writing a game but i understand the uh people wouldn't like the fact that he had no barriers to making a <laughs> video game uh that's my exact opinion about this movie i loved it i i i will die loving it but I 100% understand why people wouldn't enjoy it like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're a horror buff, this is one of those, like, you kind of owe it to yourself to see it. Oh. Uh, however, if you're not a big horror fan like myself... That kind of puts it on the category of, like, Alien and um, cause a lot of Duck or something. <laughs> I would argue that it could maybe not be on that level, but, like, I feel like... It deserves a spot somewhere over there, mm-hmm. just because it's it is original. Mm-hmm. It's the the buzzword I keep hearing is it's very experimental, yep. which it is. Yeah, and I would say horror fans will be on the fence fifty fifty on it. But think it I think it? that's the best part about it is yeah. like people are going to be so divided on it. And so, if you're horror buff, you just you should go yourself to actually go see this movie. If you're not a big horror fan like I am, uh, you could probably dodge it and be okay. This is going to get a cult following oh, and nothing for sure. more. Do you think, for sure. uh, with how experimental this is, do you think it holds a candle to weird Italian bullshit? <laughs> I okay. <laughs> I, I feel from like the 70s. However, 80s. <laughs> I feel like that is comparing apples to oranges. Uh huh. Because the weird Italian bullshit had its own flavor of uh, <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, but this. I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but it sounds. I wild. don't either. <laughs> in, do, in but this, I know the feeling. So in, <laughs> what? So okay, here I'll I'll translate. In the 70s and 80s, um, Italian cinema was trying a lot i mean you know why there are movies called spaghetti westerns it's because they're westerns that were filmed in italy that's why they're called spaghetti westerns so that sounds so interesting so italian cinema has they were they had been actively trying to break into american cinema and stuff like that and they don't have executives to bog them down exactly and part of it was they made some weird-ass fucking horror movies that are just weird. You know those art students that everyone makes fun of? Yeah, They're someone, all from Italy. Someone <laughs> someone gave them a budget and didn't say no to them. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I think, I think Skinamarink is in its own level of experimental. I think it is, it is so far removed from how s- cinema is currently handled mm-hmm. that... It is not going to be received well in a wide sense, but I feel like certain people are going to see it for how it wants to be and appreciate it. Um, my verdict is that you, I would recommend this as a watch for academic purposes. Yes. Because so, like, um, if you're like, uh, if you're like a 
filmmaker or a film student or someone that has an appreciation for cinema um this is like one of the few examples that you can use on how movies can be made Vital. and like and what can be construed as like a movie it's kind of like modern art staple uh or like tape a piece of wood to a toilet or something <laughs> <laughs> like for the art world that's what this movie is take a bunch of like footage and then just like create a story by using audio yeah <laughs> um so spoilers three two one okay so basically what's conveyed at the end is that this entity has basically plucked this house into its own existence mm-hmm. it has become its dollhouse this is expressed through explicit dollhouse imagery and also through the fact that there's a thing that comes up that says 527 days. 572 days. 572 mm-hmm. it days. It doesn't say later. It just says 572 yeah. days and you you fill out the blanks from there. So I'm interpreting it that the entity picked this family and has just been fucking with them mm. on repeat like a dollhouse. And there's a scene shown where like you hear screaming and blood flies onto the carpet then it undoes it, does it again. Undoes it, does it halfway, does it again, does it again. So I feel like this entity has just been killing and fucking with these kids mm-hmm. for all this time for fun. Yeah. Because it's bored. And then there's like an uh, an explicit like thing where it just zooms out and you see a house in the void. Yeah. Know? And that's, and like, it, and it's a dollhouse explicitly. Yeah. And, uh, The very end scene is you get that blurry face going, go to sleep. (laughs) And fucking meat canyon over here. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, the kid's just like, what's your name? The end. What's your name? (laughs) And then you have some ussers go, yeah, bruh. (laughs) As they walk. Oh, my God. That that killed it for you, dude. That ending was good. I was happy with it. But I... it. Took me out of the movie because working in theater, uh, they put all the credits for this movie at the beginning. So, like, there's a lights up cue and there's a break time that's listed on schedules for the ushers to know when a movie's getting out for when they need to clean it. And normally, the break time is, like, when the credits are starting and when they're, they're pretty close to being able to go in. So these ushers came in to check, hey, are we good to start cleaning? Except they did it in the most obnoxious way possible instead of having any type of, like, awareness. Yeah, they were really loud. They that were was surprisingly like, loud. They yeah. were loud, and then they kept being loud for, like, 30 seconds until one of them finally got past the wall and saw that the movie was still going. And I was like, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> but, and Ritter spoke to their manager. <laughs> I I did not do it to complain. <laughs> I just did it to say, hey, you should probably let your ushers know that like Skinnerink just goes, ends, just ends, and the lights up cue happens. So let them know that because like the ushers came in and they were pretty loud right before before the movie was over. Yeah, so. no, they're just like kind of like talking uh, when you open the door, which like you shouldn't do. Yeah, because you, you do don't know all. when the movie's over. Yeah, right. And so I, w- I did not go Karen. I was not a Karen. I was just respectfully informing the manager, hey, 
just to make sure you don't have any issues in the future. Uh, so mm-hmm. what's cool is that we got the movie for free because we asked for our money back and all of our yeah. oh shut up because we got we asked uh, for our money back. Kevin, how did you interpret this movie? Uh, like I said before, it's a really good short film stretched out to 100 minutes. <laughs> no, like the storyline. What do you think happened? Uh, similar to Ritter because like I, it th- that's just kind of like all of the things that I thought of. It's just um, your brain imagining all of the horrors that's going on, and it's a lot of things to kind of just like interpret and absorb. Uh, because you're just like imagining what's go- you're trying to you're you're take you're, all you're given is just context you're not seeing the actual thing that's happening you're seeing like the peripherals and the aftermaths and the the the, the results of things that have happened yes. yeah um so yeah. it's up to you to uh, to interpret uh, to see okay. like all of these implications by the way probably one of the most messed up parts in this movie which from a horror standpoint is fucking great mm. But I felt so bad for the kid, and it made me go, oh, no, <laughs> was you hear the dial tone of the phone going, which hadn't been going for the whole film. Yeah. So the kid does the smart thing, calls 911. What's also kind and of cool is that, like, the it's, answer it's, it's one of the first things that he does. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, just on the tone, um, the, the, the rhythm and the tone, like, okay, he dialed seven numbers. He's calling someone. And then you hear um, beep, one, beep, beep. Yeah, uh, one one note and then two notes uh, of the same uh, note on it. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, that's 911. Yeah. Um, and he tries that multiple times and getting nothing. And then eventually, like, more movie happens and then he tries again. And, and he gets through. He, he's talking to someone. It's like, don't worry, someone's going get, to get to you. And then it cuts to an image of... It, like the the like audio flashlight? of the person talking stops yeah mm-hmm. and then it cuts to a toy phone on the floor and then it does a jump scare but then you hear the kid go you did that and then you hear the entity laughing upstairs and my wife didn't catch it because i was talking about it on the way home i'm like yeah the entity made the toy phone act like it was a real phone and then switched it back to a toy phone as a joke at the kid mm. it was like oh that's so fucked <laughs> it's kid. so good though so in my head how this storyline was going was this was a kid dealing with a coma and then succumbing to the coma yeah that's what my initial impression was um that i took the beginning scenes in face value where yeah. the dad was saying like kevin wa- was sleepwalking and fell down some stairs he, he like he, and he didn't take and him to the hospital and, and so like the kid just died in his sleep and i was like all right so this is all of kevin's dream because this is very nightmare yeah like, this is all dream like that's happening nothing makes sense um there's something about like when you're you know you're in a dream if you try to look at a clock or read anything mm-hmm. Because uh, since your brain is like in fill in the blanks mode, it'll look different every time you look at it. Because another thing that was that 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 actually kind of hit me was kind of like you could argue that the scenes were like it was just the sister. He was just seeing what the sister was seeing. Like he was just kind of like that third person, like visually mm. seeing what they see. Because in a lucid dream or in a dream like that. Where like you you'll be in someone else's body, yeah, and okay. just seeing their actions, 
That's an interesting way to look at this movie, though. Yeah, and so that was my interpretation: was this entire thing is just him succumbing to like because you could also see the absence of windows and doors, yeah. as like no way out of the coma, mm-hmm. and then you can also because at the end there's imagery of just a giant door in the void, mm-hmm. so you could also see that as like a way out. Yeah. That's just, but it has no doorknob. No. That's also something to note about that door. Yeah. It's a giant door, but it doesn't have a doorknob. Yeah. So it's a way out that has no way for you to get out. Mm-hmm. So, and I so mean, that was my interpretation was that, and then like the 572 days is like how can, long he's been in the coma, either how long he's been in the coma. And that's when he finally passed away mm. or that's how long he's been already gone for. Interesting. But that's just like my interpretation, though. Or maybe that kid was super fucked and went to hell. You know, you don't know. (laughs) Because, yeah, like I've seen like as a child, I would see like scary movies and then those would go into my dream and I would visually re-see what I saw in those movies. And you're like, I'm the hero. I'm going to be. No, I was not the hero. I would be (laughs) running my butt. I'd be running down like the street. Uh-huh. being chased he by was kicking a... over the old ladies so that way it's like hey if they catch them it just gives me more time uh yeah. a, a recurring dream that i remember having a lot as a kid was me trying to escape my grandma's house because there were monsters in it mm-hmm. and uh the way my grandma's house um was built is that like out of the front door is like a long stairwell that reads reaches down to the street because mm-hmm. it's like kind of a mountainous neighborhood yeah, it's kind of like a hilly neighborhood, and like I would fucking just jump off, right? The st- to get to the bottom of the stairs as possible and run down like the street to right. to get away. Uh, and then the dream thing of like I I'm running as fast as I can, but yeah. I'm not moving. Because <laughs> for me, I this is how distinctly I remember this dream too, or this nightmare, I should say, is uh, I watched the Candyman movie, the, the original, the, the original. One, oh my god! As a kid. <laughs> Like I'm, I was like five, I think five, no, maybe six, wow. five or six. I don't remember. I just remember how being socially on... conscious of you. <laughs> and so I watched it, obviously terrified of it, went to bed. Uh huh. I woke up to go to the bathroom. Well, quote unquote, this is when the nightmare started happening. Yeah. I woke up to go to the bathroom and as, as I flushed the toilet, half a torso comes out of the bottom of the like crashing through the toilet from the bottom. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was terrified. Like the, it was like a, the head, the torso, but no arms, and it was kind of bleeding. Yeah. And I was terrified, so I ran, and so I ran through like the hallway, and then I start hearing rumbling, and mm-hmm. I start seeing more torsos coming out of like behind me, yeah, and stuff like that. And then I get to the street. Uh, the sewers pop out with more just bodies now and body parts. Yo, this dream is metal. And um, <laughs> like to, the bodies at the uh, to like my left bodies. was like uh a toddler in diapers, but had faces on each of its sides of its heads. Oh, the Great Tribunal. And, <laughs> and had God like damn. baby tribunal <laughs> had a two sets of arms. Only wore like a uh uh a diaper. Yeah, yeah. And then was just. <laughs> chasing me at the same time yeah just trying to catch up to me i don't know if it was a threat or not it was just chasing me and after yeah. running away from the torsos i mean you know you just kind of cut your losses and keep running um, sounds like you were visited by baby shiva 
And then I trip and I wake up. Uh huh. And then I went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you, All right. You, you like woke up and then you're like, wow, that was a weird uh, middle of the night trip I took to the bathroom. I yeah. wonder if any of it was real. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I guess that's our episode on Skinamarink. Uh, I am uh, this house. I'm Mike. And uh, I'm Kevin. But the joke is that I'm pretending that I'm the main character, little kid, four-year-old Kevin in the movie. because You have to whisper kid. your name then. I'm Kevin. And that's us. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.